So um, I want to start with something here that we, we haven't done yet. We used to do this in our own life with uh, uh, when we used to watch Pastor John Osteen, who's gone home to be with the Lord now. But uh, he used to do this, and I'd just like you to repeat this. If you have your Bible, hold it up or, or point at it or something and say, this is my Bible. Thank God for my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. And Pastor John used to say, never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, tonight's message comes with a bit of a warning. I'm not finished with it yet. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, Pastor David started teaching a, a message he called The Prosperous Soul. And it, it got my wheels turning and I was thinking and, and started to, to meditate on some things. made some, some extra notes in my notes that I was taking. And then the next Wednesday, Pastor Scarlett did part two of that. And so this is part three. The Prosperous Soul part three. And the thing about it is it's growing. As I sat down to, to prepare this message, there's, there's so much more than I can cover tonight. Um, so bear with me. I'm, I'm believing God that we can get this in, in a good order. So I want to pray over this, this message right now. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for your word. Lord, I thank you that uh, your word is true. It's tested. Your word is light and life. And Father, I thank you for your anointing upon me that I may speak with excellence, accuracy, and boldness. And that every heart is anointed to receive, every ear anointed to hear that precious word of God. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, for, for some time now, my wife and I have been a little saying that we, we say, that we say, I am healthy, wealthy, and wise. And I could back each one of those things up separately with the Bible. So it's, it's valid to say that. And as Pastor David was teaching this that Sunday, 3 John, verse 2. Let's look at it. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers or even as your soul prospers. Now, that covers healthy, wealthy, and wise in, in one scripture. And so that's that's what really started me thinking about this because uh, as your soul prospers indicates that that prospering in other areas is connected to prospering in your soul. So what does that mean? How do I prosper in my soul? Uh, if my soul isn't prospering, then I'm not reaching the fullness of what I should be in the area of the other prospering in, in, and in my health. So 
Um, and we also need to be aware that we're not talking about material wealth here. We're talking about, you know, we, I've grown up in my faith in word of faith circles. I've heard that scripture many times before the Sunday that Pastor David uh, gave it out. And it's so that's the wonderful thing about the Word of God is that you can hear something hundreds of times and all of a sudden there's something there you never saw before. Mark 4 is like that for me. I'm still learning things from Mark 4 after years and years of, of studying it, teaching it, hearing others teach it. Uh, but one of the things we need to establish is that the Bible teaches that we are, you are, all of us are, a three-part being. We're made up of three parts. We are, uh, we are spirit, first of all. We live in a body. And we have a soul. And uh, that's what I want to talk about tonight. Um, but it's, it's you know, almost everybody understands that there is a difference between the body and the other two, the spirit and soul. But not sometimes it's kind of hard to separate the soul and the spirit. And some people don't separate them. They, they think, okay, there's two, soul and spirit are the same thing. But they're not, and we're going to see that. Um, and, and only the Bible can show us the, the difference there. Uh, so we want to erase any misunderstanding that there might be. Um, go to Hebrews chapter 4, and we'll look at verse 12. This is one of the scriptures that, that we can use. There, there are a lot, and I, again, I'm, I'm not going to go through everything to teach all about body, soul, and spirit. But we uh, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. So they can be divided. They are close, but they're not the same. And of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, one of the problems that we ran into in our in our missionary work in Hungary, is that the Hungarian Bible only has one place where it talks about any kind of division between uh, spirit and soul. And that's in uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, uh, chapter 5 and verse 23. And in New, Mar- or New uh, King James, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise, in the Hungarian Bible, everything is soul. And, and it's, it's, we had to do a lot of teaching to get into this so we could even teach this, this part. Um, and then, uh, the reality is that, that spirit, soul, and body are three very distinct things. So, We've got spirit. That's that's listed first. That is first. We are spirit. Um, that's the part of part of us that deals with the spiritual realm. Um, it's it's the part of us that that knows God. It can connect with God um, because God is spirit, and we are spirit. Spirit connects with spirit. That's you don't get around that. And uh, Brother Hagen wrote a book 
called The Threefold Nature of Man. It's very good. If you haven't read it, I, I recommend it. One of the things he says in there is, God created us so that we could fellowship with him. Again, spirit to spirit. And Brother Hagen says, you can't fellowship with a cow. You know, and I know that for a fact. I used to, I used to do a lot of farm work and cows are not, they're not into fellowshipping. Okay. They, they, uh, one thing about cows, they don't hold a grudge. They don't hold a grudge because to err is human, to forgive bovine. Okay. Well, wait for the roar of the laughter to die down. That was a joke, by the way. Um, but, you know, there are people who, who think they can fellowship with their animals. And I know there, we've, we've had a, an animal, a dog that we were very close to, but we didn't really fellowship the way you can with, with other people or the way spiritually you can fellowship with, with God. It's, I, I saw an interesting, uh, posting on Facebook a couple of days ago where this elderly lady is there on her couch and her cat is sitting up on the back of the couch and she's just looking so lovingly and longingly at that cat and just says to the cat, you are my everything. The cat has a typical cat look where he's just aloof and doesn't care about anything and the cat is thinking, you are my can opener. So that's... And that's pretty true. Anyway, um, we don't fellowship with animals. God is spirit, and only spirit can contact spirit. Then there's the soul. That's the part we're going to be spending some time on tonight. That's the part of man that deals with the, the mental realm. It's our, our mind, will, and emotions. Do I know no one in here would do this, but some people are completely led by their emotions. They're very emotional people. And, uh, that's very common. Most people are led either by their, their body or their, or their mind, their will, their emotions. So, uh, that's the intellect. It's, it's the thinking part of us. And that's, that's what we're going to be focusing on tonight. And of course, the body is is that part of us that deals with the physical realm. Uh, it, it's the house we live in. Some people call it our earth suit, and that's what it is. We need a body to function here on this earth because it is physical. That's that's the part. So each one of those is has its own realm that it that it deals in and needs to be uh, taught and and nourished in the realm that it lives in. So. I want to look a little closer into that that second part, that that uh, that soulish part, that uh, that's part of the threefold nature of of each one of us. And uh, as I said, that it's it's the intellect, it's our our senses, our sensibilities, and it's our will. Uh, look at Romans chapter twelve and verse two, where the apostle Paul said. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I've, I heard a pastor teaching this one time, and he slipped and said, by the removal of your mind. And that, that might be helpful, but and that's not what it says. By the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
Now here Paul is saying something about the mind, which is our, our intellect. Uh, it's the soul. And he says that we need to do something with our mind. So when we're born again, it's our spirit that's, that's brand new. It's, it's a baby. And, uh, and it needs to be, it needs to be trained just like anything else. It's, uh, you know, the rest of us, the, the body and the mind, God didn't do anything with. We have to do that. We, we are in charge of transform or, or taking care of our body, bringing it into subjection and also to renew our mind. Uh, I remember we used to watch a lot of the, uh, Bill Gaither videos. And, uh, I don't know how many of you have heard of, uh, J.D. Sumner. And J.D. Hum- Sumner was saying one time, and he's, he has this deep voice, deepest ba- bass voice in the world at that time. He said, uh, and I can't imitate him, <laughs> but he said, you know, if you was an idiot before you was saved, you're just a saved idiot. You know, so, so that's why we need to re- retrain, re- Rethink, re, relearn things or, or learn things that we are supposed to learn. So, uh, the other thing is, is your body. We sometimes reach, we refer to it as our flesh. Your flesh wants to do what it wants to do. Always. This morning, my flesh wasn't really excited about getting out of bed. So, my mind and my spirit had to talk to it and and get it out of there. One of the, when I used to teach body, soul, and spirit to uh, the people over in Hungary and Romania, and one of the examples that I used was cheesecake because I like cheesecake. I like it too much, probably. And if you look at me, you can see I haven't refused too many pieces of cheesecake. But here's the thing. I can have a piece of cheesecake, but I can't have the whole cheesecake. My body wants the whole cheesecake. So it's, it's the thing where, where my spirit and my, my soul need to gang up in a sense on my body and tell my body what it's going to do. I can't leave, if I leave it up to my body, I'd be 800 pounds and, and probably dead by now. But, uh, so I'm, I'm still learning and I'm still growing and, uh, I'm still bringing it under subjection, but I'm much better than I was years ago. So, uh, that's, we're, we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Um, the, the thing about that cheesecake deal was they stopped listening when they heard that Pastor Dan likes cheesecake. And so they started coming, and they'd, they'd never seen cheesecake, or they, not the New York-style cheesecake. So they would make all kinds of dishes to, to please me that had cheese in them. And none of them were cheesecake, and I, I tried to act gracious and everything, but, but it's, there's nothing like... Uh, it used to be my favorite dessert till we moved to Florida, and now I think key lime pie has replaced it, which is kind of a form of cheesecake. But anyway... Let's get back to the spiritual stuff. <laughs> um, but one of the greatest needs, I believe, in the church today is that God's people renew their minds with the Word of God. 
Now, that's, that's a challenge. It's easy to say. It's not as easy to do. Just because a, a person is a Christian and, and might even be filled with the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues, that doesn't mean necessarily they have a renewed mind. The, the mind becomes renewed with the Word of God. Because whatever you, whatever you apply yourself to, whatever you allow in, has an effect on, on your life. Um, so how do we do that? How, how do we, how do we renew the mind? Number one is feeding on God's Word. Every day. Not just Sunday and Wednesday. It's great. But, but that's, I mean, you don't eat a meal just maybe Sunday and Wednesday. You, you need to replenish your, your uh, food, uh, every day at least a little bit. So spe- feeding on God's Word, and that, that's not just in church, but in your own study and meditation and, uh, and being taught by, uh, leaders who are following the, the Holy Spirit. Um, Romans 10:17, one of my basic scriptures. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hearing is part of that that sense that that the mind will and emotions part you hear things and that's what that's what uh causes uh thoughts to come and and actions to follow the thoughts the the bible says that as a man thinks in his heart so he is um but the thing is this works both in the positive realm and in the negative realm so if your input is constantly negative about how bad things are and how dumb you are and how, you know, how dumb they are and how they, I could never get a break. I'm always in the wrong place at the wrong time. You're prophesying that over yourself. You're planting seeds of, of failure in your own life. And it's, it's, it's terrible. So, like I said, too many Christians are led either by their body or by their emotions, their, their, uh, soul. And that's, uh, they're good at developing the body in, in the wrong area, or all of those things in the wrong realm. So, to renew your mind, we have to start becoming stronger in things that are agreeing with the Word of God. When I was younger, I wanted to be in the Olympics. And I worked real hard at, at trying to to make my body stronger so I could, I could throw farther and, and do things better. Uh, obviously I didn't do it quite enough because I didn't get there, but that's the whole, any one of these areas, there are things you can do to strengthen that area, both, uh, spirit, soul, and body. There are things that you can do to strengthen all of those. And, and again, uh, that one is, is meditating on the Word of God. And uh, that that also strengthens the spirit as well. That's that's important. Uh, meditating on the word of God. Joshua one eight says, "This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Thou shalt thou that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then." Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So, 
he's saying that, that you need to keep that word coming out of your mouth. Not when it says, it shall not depart out of it. That doesn't mean you keep it in and don't say anything. That means that's what you do say. You say that and then meditate on it day and night. Other than that, you don't have to. But, you know, that's, that's how it works. You, you meditate. That's, that's how you're building up that stronghold of your mind that's going to be a stronghold for the Lord and not for the enemy. And then uh, another thing is, uh, Practicing the Word of God. Practicing the Word. That's another training principle for, for strengthening your, your soul. James chapter 1, verse 22 says to be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You know, a, a pastor up in Ocala uh, said something one time that just has stuck with me. He said, don't make the fatal mistake of thinking that because you know a thing, you're doing it. You know, that's easy to do in ministry because you know, you know all this. Well, I've heard this before. That doesn't mean you're doing it. Uh, being a doer of the word is, is doing what the word says to do. That seems pretty simple. Um, the word teaches us to, to walk and talk by faith. Words of doubt and discouragement are not part of the faith walk. And, and we should be living by faith. Um, you know, like what Brother Hagen used to say, act like the Word is true. That's a, that's a good way to uh, practice the Word of God. Another part of this is, is giving the Word first place in your life. That's, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, that want to be in first place, but if it's not the Word, the Word's not going to uh, do what what you would like it to do because of the promises of God. And when you do that, when you can do those things, Philippians 4, 7 uh, says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. That's another training exercise for the soul. And, it's, and verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate or think about these things. People who, who worry and they're anxious all the time, they tend to talk about all the negative things, all the, uh, you know, even sometimes we're having a testimony uh, service and people spend uh, ten minutes talking about all the horrible things they went through and and by, oh by the way Jesus healed me and that's it and and it needs to be reversed you need to give give glory to the Lord for the healing so it's easy to focus on the on the obvious things that are right in front of us all the time but but the more you talk about something the bigger it gets in your life. Whatever that is, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, if, if that's what you want to talk about, uh, that's what's going to grow. So meditate on the things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtue, praiseworthy. Meditate on those things. And, and so we can strengthen our soul by being a doer of the Word. Now, <clears throat> there are a lot of different voices that want our attention. 
And sometimes it stops, it's not so easy to stop and distinguish the voice of the Word of God. Um, family and friends might, uh, they're usually ready to give us their opinion and their advice. And it seems funny that when, whenever you hear, you, you believe you've gotten direction from the Lord. God has given you something. The easiest thing in the world is to find 25 people who will tell you why it won't work. And that's, that's, that's something you need to take and, and your mind needs to be able to, to deal with that and reject that. Not accept it just because everybody might be saying it. If God gave it to you, that's how, that's what you need to go with. I remember when, uh, back, uh, oh, 25 or more years ago now, I had a stroke. And we were preparing to go on our first missionary trip to Mongolia. And I knew I couldn't go being being laid up and, and having to be in a wheelchair and needing constant care. I needed to go being able to take care of myself. And so, you know, I knew I had a choice to make there in that hospital bed that I, I could either accept what people were saying that this is it, this, this is, your life's going to be like this forever. Or I could go back to what I knew the Word of God said. I knew I had a promise from God. God told me that He was happy, He was pleased with my decision, and I wasn't going to miss anything in my life. Well, that's, that's what I had to focus on, not what the majority were, were saying. So that's, that's so important that we can do that. Um, you know, in, in Luke chapter 8 and uh, Mark chapter 4, both of those give the, uh, the account of the uh, sower sowing the word. And in one of those, Jesus said, take heed how you hear. And in the other one, it take, is, he said, take heed what you hear. So, so Mark, or Mark obviously heard it one way, Luke heard it another, but they're both valid in that we need to be careful be aware of the things we allow into our ears and our eyes and the things that come out of our mouth because they they affect our life. Um, I mean, why are, why are we even talking about this? Because when we have a desire to live a life of faith and it seems sometimes where our assignment is to do something that's impossible, the enemy is going to try and assault you with everything he can mentally and emotionally, and he he wants to stop your progress. He does not want you to be successful in in doing anything that God has for you. Um, so he starts working in your head. He he plays these mind games, and uh, he he's good at deceiving with lies. Um, and one of the things he does, he'll say. Uh, you can't do that. You know, that, that doesn't even make sense. You know, a lot of times the things that God asks us to do don't make sense. But if we're faithful to it and do what He asks, sometimes we'll see later, oh, that's, that's why we did that. I'm glad I was obedient to do that. You know, God, God rewards obedience. Anyway, and the another thing is uh, sometimes we worry about, well, what are my friends going to say? What are my family going to say? Um, you know, God gave us 
spiritual armor, Ephesians 6. And, and we've done that before. We've gone through the, the different pieces of the armor. But the one I want to focus on tonight is the helmet. And it, Ephesians 6 calls it the helmet of salvation. But think about what the helmet does for it. Uh, look at what Paul says here in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. In the New King James, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A sound mind. Our helmet of salvation gives us a sound mind. It protects. A helmet protects. You know, when, when I played football, some of the guys would call it their brain bucket. Well, I guess that's what it is, but it, it's, it's a protective piece of equipment. And so is the, uh, the spiritual armor of, of the helmet of salvation. Uh, this, with, with the spiritual helmet of salvation, you're filling your mind with God's Word. That's, that's what it's about. Fill your mind with God's Word. And as you do that, you start to think like God thinks. You reason like God reasons. And, and you'll get criticized for it. Oh, you, you're trying to just act like God. Who do you think you Acting like God? Well, is there a better role model? You know, who else would you rather act like? Um, but you start to believe like God believes. And, and one of the keys to receiving anything, the promise of God, and walking in faith is, is you believe. You believe, therefore you speak. And that'll help you to walk like a saved person. Uh, we just keep that helmet on. And when you do that, you think differently than the rest of the world. And a sound mind really is, is part of our inheritance in Christ. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that. Because thoughts come. Anybody here ever had a bad thought since you were born again? Don't raise your hand. But, but yeah, it happens. Um, if, if you've got the Amplified, I'd like to look at the Amplified uh, version of 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, For God did not give us a spirit of, a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Remember when, when Jesus uh, healed the demoniac, uh, the, the madman of Gadara, and, and cast out all those demons into the, to the pigs, and uh, they said the people came and found him clothed, and in his right mind, that was that was such a change because that man had been terrorizing a whole ten city area. But uh, it says here, it's it's a, a sound mind is calm, it's well balanced, disciplined. Keeping a sound mind does require discipline. See, so many times we we think God's going to do all this for us. God has already done everything he's going to do. 
We need to receive it. We need to believe it, receive it, act on it. So we have to, we have to guard what we allow ourselves to, to think about, to say, uh, how do you do that? Because people think, well, I, I can't control what I think. Thoughts just come. Um, you need to pay attention to what you are seeing and hearing and saying because those contribute to the thoughts. And uh, sometimes wrong thoughts will come. And you'll people wonder, what's wrong with me? Why am I thinking those things? That's not right. I'm, I must be so bad. You know, one of the things you need to remember is Satan wants to pull you off the right path. And the battleground for him is in our mind. That's where he works. He's, he's, he, he works, he, he plays mind games and he, he works to, to present us, present us with the wrong options, the wrong choices and makes them look really, really good. That's why we need to be immersed in the Word of God so that we can separate that from what the Bible says, what the Word of God says. Not every thought that comes to you originates in your own mind. That's what Satan does a lot. He, he, he puts those wrong thoughts and, and you don't have to take wrong thoughts. The Bible says we can, we're supposed to cast down imaginations and every thought that, that, uh, take every thought captive that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Um, so those wrong thoughts are not mine. They're not yours. You don't have to take them. Uh, you know, Satan's going to offer them. And it might look like the best thing that you've ever seen. But you need to weigh it and, and examine it with the Word of God. How do you deal with bad thoughts, though? I, you know, I've I've had bad thoughts. You don't get rid of bad thoughts by thinking good thoughts. I'm thinking good thoughts, good thoughts, good thoughts. I'm just, no, only good thoughts. No, bad thought, get out of there. You, you counteract, you, you erase and get rid of bad thoughts with the words of your mouth. With the words of your mouth. And those words, the words that are agreeing and actually are the Word of God. Um, that's part of renewing your mind. Uh, thoughts that agree with the Word of God and words that agree with the Word of God. Satan really only works through wrong thinking. That's why another message that Pastor David did a few weeks ago was about right and wrong thinking. It's so important. We learn how to, to train ourselves to be thinking right. When we think right, we can act right, we can receive right. Um, but Satan tries to, to bombard our mind with thoughts and tries to get, a, get us to accept a wrong way of thinking. And, and all he has to do is get us off course just a little bit. But after a period of time, that, that's taken us so far away from our goal that we don't even realize it and can't get back there. Um, so the, we need to re, renew our mind uh, that renewed mind takes God's thoughts and makes them our own thoughts. You answer wrong thoughts with the Word of God. You speak it, meditate on it, 
saturate your mind with it. You know, I'm, I'm going to close with this uh, story. I've, I've told this before, but I like telling it, so I'm going to tell it again. Uh, back in the uh, oh, it was mid-90s, probably, uh, I was still coaching and teaching, and we took a bunch of our kids from the, the Christian school where I was teaching to a basketball clinic. And a guy named George Lehman was putting on a shooting clinic. He was teaching kids proper technique, how to shoot a basketball. Okay? Now, he was there for about an hour and a half to two hours, shot at least 200 shots. Okay? Missed twice. Now that, you know, I, I don't know where you stand with basketball, but, you know, I, missing two out of 200 is a pretty good percentage. And he's not, they're not just real close shots. They're all like from three point range. And so he's got everybody's attention. Cause this guy, and actually one of the shots, he was, I think he missed it on purpose because he was demonstrating bad technique. So he's, he's giving pointers on how to, what to think about when you're shooting, how to set up your body and everything. But he promises, uh, if anybody can answer his question on what is the key to success, He'd give them a free pair of pony basketball shoes. So he would have a basketball and he'd walk around in front of a kid and he'd bounce in front of him, just a gruff voice. He'd say, what's the secret to success? Uh, uh, work hard. No, that's not it. What's the secret to success? And they'd give all these answers. It was never the answer that he wanted. His answer, and I, I realized right away that it was biblical. I don't know whether he knew it was biblical, but he says, you become what you think about. You become what you think about. You know, there are there are seminars in the world that you can go to, pay hundreds of dollars to go and have people tell you the same thing. That it's in the Bible, in Proverbs 23, 7, that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And that's what it and, and what you what you take in through your soulish realm, mind, will, and emotions is, is what gets into your heart and out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So, let me say this. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that our soul is prospering. You're teaching us how to prosper in our soul so that we can prosper in every area of our, our life. And thank you, Father, that your word is true and is tested and it's working in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. God bless you. Good night.